I just, I remember having like family asking me like, why are you making this? Why are you doing this? And it was like, well, I haven't like dealt with something as heavy as this. And there's a part of me that's like, art is meant to push boundaries and like just explore um, ideas and themes and whatnot. So that's what I decided to do. Levi, you might be the most famous person it's I've ever met. So many people reach out to me asking like if it's real. Let me kick it back. Let me, let me kick it back. Let me kick it back. Let me, let me kick it back. Let me kick it back. Let me, let me kick it back. Hey boy, right there, watch. There we go. All right. Uh, welcome everybody to episode 51 of Fair the Burn. I'm your host, Chandler Fair. Um, I'm here today with a special guest, man. But before we get into that, I just want to give a big shout out real quick to our sponsors, uh, Darian Orvin. Down in Power Fitness in Bountiful and Centerville, Utah. Uh, I know they're running some free boxing classes on Saturdays coming up here. Uh, so if you guys are interested, go and check them out. Tell them FTB sent you uh, and go check out Darian and his next few fights. And Steel Fist Fight Night has uh, their fights coming up on the 19th of this month. Also, um, we have over 15 hours of content, guys, on fairtheburn.locals.com. Go ahead, head over there, make a free membership, subscribe if you want. You can help me out a little bit. If not, you can still get like over 11, 12 plus hours of content. It's great, fairtheburn.locals.com. But nonetheless, we are going to get into our guest today. Today, I have with me a man who I am pleased to welcome to the show, the 51st episode of the show. Um, he's a man who I've worked with a little bit. Uh, who I, I take great inspiration from his creative mind, uh, but someone who I am in fear that I will never finish a full project with. Uh, please <laughs> welcome welcome to the show, Levi Gunderson. Uh, thanks for having me, man. This is this is kind of like our first project to go all the way through with, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. bro. It, I mean, it's yeah. just a one shot, right? So it's like we can just kind of yeah, knock this yeah, one yeah. out of the park one day um yeah. sweet man so before we get into it levi would you mind kind of introducing yourself to the people who might not know you yeah absolutely um so i uh i'm levi gunderson i um am a filmmaker video creator um i went to isu as chan did as well for uh theater film and video um and tried to get as much out of what they offered uh, with film and everything, which is very little, um, but uh, it's always been a passion of mine, movies and, and the process of filmmaking um, since I was a little kid and I've just stuck with it. Um, I am part of a Boise film community that is booming, it's growing. And- uh um, have to chance the, the writer. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the industry standards have um, absolutely bled into um the boise film community and and we are i mean making big moves we're still very far from um anything actually being super impactful coming out of idaho but i think we'll get there eventually um you don't gotta be straight based in la to to make it these days and i i truly believe that so yeah i'm uh constantly creating wanting to think creatively and work with people that also have that same mindset. So I mean, that's and I facts, know you're dude. one of those guys. Yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah. It's facts, dude. It's like, you know, even though we still are a far away and I mean, you're much more tapped into the kind of filmmaking community than I am. It's like, uh, we're still far away from getting somewhere very impactful, but the more that you keep doing stuff, even on a local level, dude, like the, the stuff that you were doing, you know, even if you compare, um, the prick of the cactus needle, right. To like the plunge, it, it's completely yeah. different. You know, it's like you yeah. can see the growth and the expansion. We'll get into to all those specifics, but uh, because I want this to be about you, I want to know what is your first memory of like falling in love with filmmaking? And because I also want this to be about me, uh, tell me your first memory of me. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, first memory of filmmaking. I mean, really, I, I always credit my, uh, my uncle, my mom's brother. Um, he made a film in college. He went to like a, a little community college in Portland that had a film class. They made a film They had to, that was like their final project of the year and everything. They had to uh, put together a narrative film. Um, I remember seeing that. That was the first time that I thought like, 
wow, it is achievable to like mm. enter this, this world of film. And I was blown away by it. Granted, it's like this, you know, looking back at it, it's this kind of cheesy college film and it's like, you know, the fake blood and it's really campy and stuff, but like made that, in the nineties. Yes. Yeah, the nineties, yeah. the peak of the nineties, 97 piqued my interest so bad though. Like I, I immediately um, asked for a tripod and, and um, borrowed my parents camcorder all the time with the little mini DV tapes and like just was creating like just silly videos with myself. No one else was helping me. I'd set up the camera and press record and um, do these little skits, do claymation, all, all the, all the types of videos, but it was, um, it was a passion of mine, just storytelling in general. I, I would write a lot too as a kid, but um, yeah, so that was kind of what got me into it. Um, and I'm just glad I stuck with it. Uh, I remember the first time me and you at ISU, I was um, a friend of David Jansen. And you, David. <laughs> just following this dude around, um, I noticed you were with him one day and right after class you guys went off through uh the building that we were in for class and we're talking about this whole choreographed like fight scene throughout the building <laughs> and i was just so interested that i just tagged along and uh just wanted to see what you guys were talking about i was like is this just for a movie what are you guys talking about and i just i want i was in i was in already because i found these guys that were just talking crazy like me and it was i knew i would uh click well with you too so it's about imagination man uh yeah that's that's dave that was all dave for sure i mean i like fight scenes they're fun but that's where his mind went all the time was just like how can we make the dopest right. fight scene uh yeah i mean dude i'll uh the first time I, I remember you was this project that you did i mean i remember you walking around and being a cool guy and i was like that's levi he does like video stuff i remember like the, the first real like oh this is levi gunderson was bones mm -hmm. was the first bones the, the infamous bones the infamous bones yeah. uh now in in bones the script bones was a metaphor for cigarettes correct yeah but yeah, you guys yeah. never yeah. specified like in the movie <laughs> um yeah yeah yeah, man. Uh, can you talk a little, because was that like your first like big kind of like <laughs> film with a bunch of people and like you put together or did you do anything like before that? I do. I do classify it as like this first project that I actually sat down and went through the, the full process of like pre-production, writing a script, not starting to film before I had a script, you know, and like, um, but just like, like, yeah, it was, it was a, a production, um, in, in terms of having like a cast and like, um, a process of getting this film out there. But also it was like my baby in terms of like, just kind of learning things, just learning how to direct, um, and, and edit and everything. But, uh, it was born out of complete, just drunken. <laughs> dumb ideas with my buddies and like um we were really high one night i remember uh and my friend will who plays the main character in the film um was like what if we just made a dumb dumb ass movie about a guy that gets addicted to smoking cigarettes and i was like let's go yeah <laughs> and it was just it was so dumb but like we just we we put a lot of thought into it and it was our little side gig that we were doing outside of classes at the at the time and it was like um yeah the first time I just had this like shared idea with creatives that wanted to just make something so it wasn't all just me you know so for sure I mean no film is going to be all just you right unless you're nine right. years old setting up a tripod doing stuff for yourself right like that's right yeah, yeah. uh is there any special, I mean, there are certain scenes that I could talk about. Is there any special scenes? Because this, 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 this movie no longer exists online, right? right it got right. taken down. Uh, but are there any specific scenes in this movie that you want to shout out? Because I thought it got taken down for a very specific scene. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, I mean, yeah, yeah. I kept that one. I kept that one. And we just we kept it strong with that 
scene. Even yeah, you I'm did. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, it had a ton of of copyrighted music. I was just tossing in every song that I wanted in it, and it was like I knew at the time like this could not go anywhere because of that, but also because of like yeah, there was some edgy stuff in there. Um, I I think it was just so overboard with the like comedy slash drama and we leaned heavy into that like yeah like the emotional abuse that my character tommy puts on him because he's decided to start smoking cigarettes it's like i am very um obsessive over my best friend in the film and like i don't let him do anything outside of my jurisdiction so it's uh yeah i mean specific scenes though um I love, I love the scene that you you're referring to, and it's there's a word in there that I am very against using, obviously, but like at the time we just thought it was funny to throw in, um, just to add to the over the top ridiculous nature of the situation. Because so. you absolutely never see it coming. You never see it no, coming. And I no, believe no, no. I believe that scene starts with the punching bag scene. Am I right? Yes. And yes, the punching yeah. bag scene is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, just to clarify, I mean, that's me. <laughs> My character is so full of rage that I have to go downstairs in the in the film and just take my anger out on a punching bag while I'm talking about my best friend smoking cigarettes. It's just it's ridiculous. I, I don't think I ever make a film um, that has that niche of like mm. <laughs> comedy. That was yeah. that was like inside joke on top of inside joke. We made it for us for for the most yeah part, so. yeah. I mean, have you seen? It's not necessarily the same, but have you seen like uh, Matt D'Elia's film American Animal? Yeah, uh, it yeah. reminds me of American Animal to a certain sense. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah, just so over that. the top and ridiculous. Um, yeah. funny enough, he also uses the same word in that movie as well. Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I want to say it like the black guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, Levi, you might be the most famous person I've ever met. Hmm. Does that shock you? Does that shock you if I say that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Here's why. Okay. Here's my reasoning. Yeah. Number one. Both me and you are big fans of the Delias, right? Yeah, and uh, they have yeah. this show called Lifeline. And I don't know if I've ever mm. talked to you about this. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But here I am watching like episode fourteen or whatever of Lifeline, and all of a sudden, and this yeah. is like a it's an advice show where people like um send videos in to the Delia brothers to like ask their advice. It's not real; they're comedians. You know what it is. Um, and all of a sudden, my buddy Levi Gunderson is on the film <laughs> with his young son. Talking about how his wife's parents don't want them to raise their son believing in Santa Claus. Now, <laughs> first of all, how did you feel being on the show? Secondly, how did you feel about the advice and the fact that Chris didn't even pay attention for the first like 15 seconds you were talking? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I mean, I, for some reason, that specific question, um, I felt like, oh, this is going in the episode. Like yeah, they're gonna sure. they're gonna respond to this because it's just I mean it was very uh, different from what they'd been doing um, previous episodes, but uh, yeah, I mean it was like this just dumb fight that we had had in the past, and it's like shit. I don't want to fight about Santa Claus, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like yeah. it's it's tied to obvious things that are like you know what can we compromise on as parents and and all that. So. I just, I felt like I had already come to a conclusion with my wife on, on that sort of thing. And like, I'm at peace with it. Yeah. But like, there was a part of me too, that's like, I want to know what these guys would think about that situation. And like, of course they just went to town on like, <laughs> you know, just the, the, the name calling the, uh, oh man, they tore, they tore her apart, but it mm -hmm. was, uh, I wanted, I wanted to hear it. I thought it was funny. Um, and uh i think there's a, a lot of people kind of dealing with a similar situation once you become parents you you realize how many things uh 
you were raised differently with. You got to figure out uh, a balance between um, how your parents taught you and how your spouse's parents taught you. So it's like uh, it can get it can get difficult and it can it can be kind of messy. So well, I can't yeah. even imagine having in laws, dude, and then having a kid on top of in laws who like my yeah. mom is gonna have things to say about how I raise my kid. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like, so mm -hmm. I can't even imagine dealing with like somebody else's parents who you're in love with. And it's, yeah. So, uh, but that's yeah. the first reason is your boy made a, a feature on, on lifeline. Uh, my second <laughs> reason is you have a, a video online that nearly has a million views on YouTube. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. You want to talk about this video a little bit? I can introduce <laughs> so, you. <laughs> yeah. You're pulling out all the nitty gritty. Huh? I am. Dude. Uh. I did my research. <laughs> All right, so let's see. We were newly married, my wife and I, and she knew that I was into like making videos and stuff. And I had an existing YouTube channel that was just, I mean, the best icebreaker <laughs> for her to like see all these videos before even like hanging out with me for the first time. Um, so on this channel, we put on a, a video that we came up with together of like the show my strange addiction on on tlc it is tlc right i believe so sure. yeah i believe it's tlc yeah we created a fake episode of that show um and we played characters that were addicted to dry humping each other and it's like it's not even like real humping it's like this weird like dog <laughs> like chihuahua <laughs> humping <laughs> it's so so it doesn't even look real it doesn't even look real no, like what no, no, you no. guys are doing it's so over the top that it's it's yeah. so funny and ridiculous yeah. uh but at the same time it's like but it really you really guys really started out like it was a real thing on my change addiction yeah. so yeah. beautiful i had uh, so many people reach out to me asking like if it's real and i'm like are you 12 <laughs> <laughs> You see that we're not really even yeah. making contact with each other when we're doing it. Like, it's just some – you guys almost look right. like Minecraft characters, bro. Yeah. You look like yeah, Minecraft yeah. characters, like Sims, like just bumping yeah. into each other. Um, Glitching out, yeah. Yeah, man. But I just – I like, that yeah. video to me is still so funny. I remember watching that back in the day, too, and I was like, man, this thing has, like, 300,000 views, which I really don't care about views in general. But, like, I looked the other day, and I was like, yeah. man, this thing has, like, 850,000 <laughs> views, dude. It's Holy getting shit. up there. Oh, and you know what? I did take it down. I feel like there was a, a point where I was like trying to get jobs. I was trying to share like video work and stuff. Um, it was like early college days. So like I was just kind of skeptical about having that video out there. Right. Um, but also like I was one to read the comments. The comments were raunchy that first time <laughs> around. And like I was actually like, like sickened by some of the stuff that I was reading. And oh, then no. I had someone tell me, they're like, don't read the comments. Why, why are you reading the comments? And so I was like, uh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. So I re-uploaded it. So it could, it could have been like past a million now for sure. But yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's pretty close there, but I was just, it's crazy. I saw it the other day. I was like, man, this is uh cause you know, I've been, like I said, I've been doing my research, you know what I mean? I've been trying to pull out the nitty gritty. Uh, yeah. Yeah between okay i'm gonna make you pick between two of your films <clears throat> cool um you can talk about both of them for sure but between my dead friend's brother and mm. uh the prick of a cactus needle uh i guess which one of those i don't want to say like enjoy more but like do either one of those stand out as more memorable to you hmm I always lean towards Prick of a Cactus Needle because um, production quality. I mean, both of those films were me directing, writing, um, editing, doing everything on set. Like, I didn't have help back then for both of those films. Mm. But Prick of a Cactus Needle was the first time that I actually had external sound being ran. So we had a boom pole. Prior to that, my dead friend's brother, I had a tiny ass shotgun mic on the top of my camera that was like, you know, having audio issues all the time. We were filming outside. So there was wind. It was like a nightmare. And I remember being so stressed about that. 
now um my dead friend's brother has such a special place in my heart because that was the first time i actually felt confident enough to um tackle a drama mm. i was always doing silly stuff and just wasn't taking like stories seriously because i didn't think i could pull it off but um my dead friend's brother was the first time that i was like exploring this like actual fear that i had of like losing a family member to suicide um and i just i remember having like family asking me like why are you making this why are you doing this and it was like well i haven't like dealt with something as heavy as this and there's a part of me that's like art is meant to push boundaries and like just explore um ideas and themes and whatnot so that's what i decided to do and it was like it was emotional i remember being like sad after each set day and like i don't know it wasn't like fun it wasn't fun to go into like a film day now i had like obviously my best friend mckeon and my brother isaac and we would get like giggly about stuff and like talk about memes and stuff in between takes but it was like we had to get into this kind of somber tone um so I, yeah i remember that being kind of tasking in that regard but um so yeah prick of, prick of a cactus needle was like return to form with with a, a comedy but it was also like i was taking it seriously this time i had a, a planned out schedule i had um like an outline and i had storyboards and like all this stuff and i just felt like i was uh able to return to form but i was also um on track everyone saw that i was uh serious about this and was not really joking in between takes like i was i was trying to make this film it was very very hot <laughs> because we were out in the middle in the middle of the desert and i was losing yeah. my mind for a little bit because like i'm i'm running camera i'm looking at this screen with the bright sun like i'm trying to see if everything's in focus um i got you know people like my actors are are um like messing around during takes and i'm like the one guy trying to keep everything uh organized and whatnot it, it was like 100 degrees and we did not prepare with like water or anything so i think a lot of the the like insanity in the performances that's real everyone's losing their minds so um i really like that one um that was also the first film that i like won an award for which is like um best twist and like um like a best screenplay we won at another festival and stuff so like that where was did, the one that introduced me to uh just like the film community where did you uh where did you submit those up or where did you get those awards from we play we uh showed it at the grand teton film festival um that was i believe that was in idaho falls it might have been near that area but um prior to that we did the idaho film family festival which is one that they do here in Boise um, on an annual basis. And that was the first annual one that they had put on. And I put my film in there and I was like so nervous because I hadn't seen like the gauge, the uh, the level of like skill that the community had had. Mm. So when I had put it in this uh, film festival, I got to like sit down with all these other filmmakers in a theater, meet new people, but also like see what Boise was capable of and I was blown away so like uh entering festivals um in Boise has like allowed me to meet so many people and I've networked and I've um you know I got uh, a whole crew now of people that I can rely on to like uh, make films make really solid stuff so yeah let's go into that and a little journey. bit how is uh yeah. How has that been like having going from right going from a place where it's just you and like a few buddies or whoever you can scrounge up to like yeah. people who have also invested, you know, probably like financial um, gain into things or find like, you know, putting their money behind things, their equipment um, yeah. coming to help you being a crew being, you know, just holding a boom mic like what is this whole kind of change in process look like for you. It was. Um very overwhelming at first to like get into um 
the actual production of a, of a film, of a short film, because The Plunge, which is uh, my current film that's about to come out, was the biggest crew I've ever had. I mean, it was like, I went from me, myself and I to um, having really everyone for every single task. It was still like a very small crew in terms of um, film standards and whatnot, but we, I was just at a place where I could finally step back, direct my actors, and occasionally look at like the frame and make sure I was okay with what the film was looking like. But it's like, that was the dream to finally just be able to focus on my actors. And so um, I realized like, that's, that's what I want from this point forward. I miss the days of just the run and gun, get my camera. I'm behind the camera, just kind of running the show. But um, at the same time, like, I know if I go back to doing something like that, I'm not going to get the same quality out of, um, out of a finished product. So I, uh, I'm just going to roll forward. I mean, this is the point where I've always wanted to be was having a crew and make professional level, um, films. So why step backwards? Um, so yeah, I, uh, this experience was so amazing just getting this this crew together you you wrap a film with a crew and you feel like you've gone to war with them mm. and they're your family by the end of it so um i've gotten very close to these people um i've worked on other sets with them for their films and it's like we all support each other um and we're starting to get into a place where actual funding is coming in and we're we're making films with bigger budgets and like yeah, it's, it's getting, it's move, moving really fast. And so um, I'm just excited for the future in, in terms of what we're creating together. And it also allows me to uh, not write myself into a little box because I used to write mm. in terms of what can I actually pull off? And like, right, what, right. you know, we've gotten to a point where we can actually dream big and achieve it and if not it's like how can we scale back a little bit but it's like you know um the goals are bigger these days yeah man like even even some of the some of the work that i saw in the plunge which i remember seeing on instagram you filming that but i don't remember actually ever seeing if it came out has it come (laughs) out yet not officially okay um were were you doing it for like uh were you doing that for a festival as well um, so this is also uh, the first time that I'm going to do like the festival circuit where I'm entering as many festivals as I can and, and trying to get it just seen all over before I like really just plaster it on YouTube. So, right. Uh, yeah, man, like even some of the work in there, like, you know, not to give too much of it away, but uh, <clears throat> there's like a shot of his the side of his truck that has like the name of the business and then it opens and then it shuts again and it's the plunge. Yeah. Right. And I don't yep. think that like, and I'm sure that you could have done something like that in the past, but like with the level of proficiency that I felt like it, like just the overall film had, you can definitely tell that there's more behind it. There's more um, buy-in from everybody. Uh, and there's just more, more kind of support around you in general. Um, uh, how was it making that, that huge guy cry? <laughs> that guy's so big, man. And that guy. Yeah. He's a He's jacked, dude. He's goals, body goals. <laughs> but uh, that was one of the more like, I'm trying to think of the words. That was one of the like earlier points where I, I realized like I can get a good performance out of out of my actors and like let them just have the scene to breathe and like take their time with. Um, that really, I, I mean, for that character, for a really like burly, like, um, tough guy character that doesn't show a lot of emotion. I felt like that was such an important scene to get in there for him to just kind of break down a little bit. Um, and that was not in the earlier drafts of the script. And it was like, how can we, how can we show a different side of this guy, um, 
where the he audience isn't it, just so against him. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. needs that in that moment. Um, yeah. Even though that money ain't going to do a damn thing for him. Uh, <laughs> right, but, right. but he needs yeah. it in that moment. That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Can you talk a little bit? So Prick of a Cactus Needle, going back just a little bit, uh, was mm. really where I was like, man, McKeon is like pretty good. Like before that, I was like, man, he seems like a goofy guy that just kind of hangs out with Levi, right? And does couch talk, right. talking about getting right. to the nitty gritty. Uh, uh -huh, yeah. uh, couch talk back in the day, an original podcast, dude, honestly. Um, yeah. Yeah, where you guys, podcast, really. Before podcasts, <laughs> uh, like little five minute clips where you got to sit on a couch and kind of cut up little segments where you're being dudes in 2009 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the prick of a cactus is where really where I was like, man, McKeon has a lot of talent in this. And the plunge, excuse me, uh, is the film. I've always known that Isaac was very good with especially your soundtracks and whatnot, but I feel like mm -hmm. the plunge he really excelled. Um yeah. can you talk about working with Absolutely. your brother like during, you know, like because it's been, you know, <laughs> a decade at this point. You guys have probably been making films yeah. and he's been putting music on it. Yeah. Isaac is my go-to guy. Obviously, we we share a very similar creative brain. Um, he knows my style and he knows the sounds I'm looking for and whatnot. But uh, this this project was rocky in terms of working with Isaac because I got into the most interesting headspace working on the plunge. I, I was very overwhelmed and stressed. Um, finally having a crew as big as this and like all these people that were supporting my vision i got i went into autopilot for the most part when it came to home life my family being mm -hmm. present um i had to completely like start therapy to like be able to come back to like just being present as i'm dealing with this giant new opportunity that i was um getting into so things at home were i mean tough um trying to be there for my wife and and also focus on this film and um that kind of trans that kind of went into my relationship with my brother as well like he his wording was you're treating me like an employee and i don't like it and it mm. was like you know i i almost just expected him to be available to do this score rather than like, you know, asking him and like treating him like my brother. So yeah, I was kind of stepping into this version of me that I no longer want to uh, be. And um, I learned a lot from the plunge and just how to like um, juggle life and, and, and big projects like that. But so I early on was like um, kind of not really on talking terms with Isaac and uh, was accepting that I was going to have to move forward with someone else to do music or like even use music from a music subscription for video mm -hmm. making and stuff. And I was like, I don't know if I want to sacrifice that. I don't know if I want to have this. Um, music be not my personal flair or whatever because it's like you know I just said like Isaac uh, just knows my brain and it's a very personal film to me the story in general is um, partially a true story of wow. what I dealt with so I just wanted it to be you know as much of me as as possible um, and so we mended things and I would go over to his house every Thursday night and we would just listen to sounds. I sent him references from like my favorite movies. Um, and I was like, I want this song to sound like this song. And he is just such a fast worker, man. He, he killed it. I love the score and it's probably my favorite thing about the film. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's beautiful and it complements it in a way that it doesn't like stick out too much. But if you're looking for it, it's beautiful. Mm. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I know Isaac and I know like the relationship that you guys have had, you know, from afar over the years of him working on the music uh, of a lot of your projects. And so it's something that I almost want to see or want to like be keened in on. Right. It's like watching yeah. a Tarantino film and being like, all right, when's this motherfucker going to show up? Right. But right. it's, uh, right. it's like, when is, you know, these songs, like, what are they going to, how is it going to enhance? And yeah, I thought it was really beautiful. And that is, uh, I don't know what to say about that being a partially true story of the plunge. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I hope that you got the therapy from the movie that you needed. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, man, it's such an intricate and difficult balance, right? Of like mm -hmm. leveling up and trying to chase some sort of greatness uh, and not be like losing yourself in the process. Right. Right. Yeah. Like Conor McGregor, uh, the infamous has a notorious has a, a quote where he mm -hmm. says, you know, to be great at anything, you got to be lost to it a little bit. You have to be mad to it mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, and I question that sometimes because I, I understand what he means by that to be great, like Michael and, and Kobe and Scorsese and Tarantino and to be great at your craft. Yeah. Like, I think you have to be a little lost to it. But what is more important, that or your family? You know, and you being a true family yeah. man now, I feel like, I mean, if you want to speak to that a little bit, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that was something I, early on, um, I, I remember being at ISU and having someone tell me that, because uh, I, I was, I just got married at that point. And he was like, yikes, if you're going to get into filmmaking, that's going to be tough. And he straight up told me like, don't have kids, don't mm. have kids or you are, or you're not going to excel. You're not going to progress from where you're at right now. And starting to plunge, I went back to that in my mind about like, am I at a place right now that I want to be when it comes to growing as a filmmaker? And I, I had thoughts about like, you know, I wish I had waited a little longer or whatever but um i also think about like i am so young still <laughs> i'm i'm getting into filmmaking but i've also started my family really early so maybe it's like the opposite of of other people's situations where like my kids will be grown up and i'll be in my prime to be able to focus on films you know <laughs> i don't know um i i've really just come to appreciate my family and yeah i'm a family man like they they come first um everything i do is for them and uh you just got to find balance man that's that's what it comes down to i've worked really hard in therapy on on finding that and um not being selfish i've never really been a selfish person but when it comes to those times where i'm so immersed in in a project um I can be. So. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that, man. I feel it. Uh, let me see here. Levi, what do you think about uh, the universe? And like, uh, why, like what it means to be a human and why <clears throat> we're here? What do you think all that means? That's big. Um, Huge. <laughs> these, are, these are late night pillow talks. <laughs> conversations um you know i i was born into a mormon family um where i felt like the answers were always just there they were cookie cutter answers that i could get from anyone in the church and um it wasn't until just this past like year year and a half that I felt like I was asking questions and I wasn't just accepting and I wanted to know more about the afterlife. I wanted to know like, why are things the way they are? Why, why do I have to do these certain things? And like, if I don't do them, am I not going to like make it to heaven? You know, the mm -hmm. idea of heaven and whatnot. So I, there was not really a fear there of the unknown and the unanswered, but there was uh just a, a conflict and I wanted, I wanted to know more and I, I still do want to know more. Um, 
But all I know right now and what I've come to peace with, my wife and I, is that we do not want religion. We want spirituality and a relationship with God. And that is what is important to us right now. Um, having this background of, of growing up in that church, I, there are things that like I've kept near and dear to my heart of just basic uh, ways of life that I, I think are, are good to kind of live by just being a good person in general, but um, the whole religious aspect of things and, and just accepting is something I don't want to do anymore. Um, and I think that's what's great about our generation. We're asking questions. We are, we are saying no to things that have been going on for so long. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, why is this still the way it is? So, you know, frankly, this is uh, something I haven't really dove into with my parents yet. And it will be that I, I know there's early signs of them just wondering, like, why am I not going to church anymore? Why, why uh, don't I wear my special magic underwear mm-hmm. anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's coming from a place of, of not just like, just not wanting to do it anymore. It's, it's come down to, I'm looking out for my son. Like, do I really want to raise him in, in things that I'm not sure about, but also um, for myself too, I, I feel this immense like release and freedom since I've just kind of gone on my own path. And I am, I'm still a little afraid of what my parents will think, but I know that they love me and I know that, um, you know, they will trust what I am doing with my life and, uh, they know I'm a good person. So that's what, that's what should matter at the end of the day. Facts, dude, a hundred percent. Um, because every religion at the end of the day is going to tell you that you should treat your neighbor as yourself and, uh, do one to others as you would want them to you. Um, so for sure, at the end of the day, I think it comes down to being a good person. What are those, if you wouldn't mind going into a little bit of bigger detail, um, not that it's the most important thing, but like, what are those like core tenants that you still say that you hold on to? Um, I like think you said be a good person, right? To... But like, right, what does right. that entail? Sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm. I've always uh, noticed that the uh, the LDS Church has has been very big on just acts of service and like looking for opportunities and praying for opportunities um, to serve and to help people. Um, I did not go on a a mission um, back when I was eighteen. I remember that rule. It was like it used to be nineteen, and then. As soon as I turned 18, I remember that rule came out. It's like, oh, they changed it. 18-year-olds can go out and do it. And I was like- Go right now, go right now, go, go, go. Yeah, exactly. I had all these family members asking me, are you going to go? And I was like, "Uh, no, (laughs) I I don't want to. Like, And it got got very um, ugly in terms of like, felt like kind of threatening a little bit. People, uncles and and, um, family members kind of, pushing me to, to do this thing that I, I didn't really want to do and was always kind of skeptical about. But um, I've, I've learned to just kind of look past the mission part of things and just focus on what the Mormon church has done for natural disasters and, and donating and, and helping people over the years. And that is one aspect I want to always uh, stick with. And I want to kind of teach that to my son as well, to just go outside yourself and, and look to help people. And, uh, that's what this world needs too. So big facts, dude. Um, yeah. So what do you, this is the last thing I'll ask you about this. Um, and you don't have to answer it if you don't want to, what do you think about Jesus? Hmm. 
I know he was a man. Um, I, I think the overall perception of, of Jesus has warped a lot over the centuries. Um, but I, I do believe, um, that he died for our sins and, um, That is about it. When it comes to what I know about him, I, I, uh, he's always in my prayers. Um, he's how I close out my prayers. And um, basically, he was our kind of example of sacrifice. And um, so that's what I, I'll hold on to is uh, that perception of him and um that's about it that's beautiful man uh even that's all yeah. if, if that's all you're holding on to right now as a uh <clears throat> christ loving man myself uh i will agree yeah. that i also think that he died for our sins and rose to uh show that he is god or not just to show that he's god but because death can't hold him um right, right. and i think that his his image has been incredibly warped over the years yeah. and even in the church now you'll go you'll go to five different churches today and they'll tell you about five different jesus's right and it's right. not about that to to have true relationship with him you don't need to go to church i believe uh yeah. and let me share this with you real quick too man because i think this is a beautiful kind of testament to where you and your wife are kind of at with this it's james 127 it says pure religion um is this it is undefiled before the god uh, pure i'm oh, sorry okay here we go pure religion and undefiled before god and the father is this this is what pure religion is to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world in the bible it tells you true religion is just visiting the fatherless and the widows so people who are in need right and in affliction yeah. and yeah. to remain unstained and unspotted from the world like like the world Man, even and especially in the entertainment entertainment industry, right? There's, I don't know yeah. what's going on with my with my uh, camera here, freaking out. <laughs> uh, but come on, guy. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, it's 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 catching up. Um, yeah, man, I think it's honestly about uh, remaining unspotted and unstained from the things that are. Uh, in the world and to help people in their time mm -hmm. of need. So I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. let me restart this camera real quick. Really? Why? Cool. Yeah. I don't know what in the world is happening here. Can you still <laughs> hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can. You're good. Okay. Okay. Seems to be. All right, good. dude. No, nah, it wasn't. It wasn't. I'm going to do like this for the last like 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, no problem. But yeah, man, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Uh, absolutely. Is there yeah. any of those other films? that you want to shout out that you kind of been working with people around Boise. Like I, like I really enjoyed, uh, Bert and, uh, I enjoyed, uh, uh, pack your bags kids. Oh yeah. 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 So what's funny about that is, um, those were made for a, a YouTube channel called story driven. Um, that, so pack your bags, kids, Barry, um, and Gam Gam Sausage are the three films that kind of brought us all together um, as this super group for film. And uh, it allowed us to figure out how we work with each other and how to um, get these films put out in a very timely manner. These, these were written, produced, and edited, put out within a week. Wow. That was the initial... Yeah, that was the initial uh, idea for the channel and whatnot was like, how can we speed make a film that um, we have to like, you know, overcome obstacles and, and whatnot. And uh, so those first two films, we were able to pull that off. Barry, on the other hand, we realized very quickly, I mean, we were shooting on a red camera. We had so much more talent brought in and we realized this is a lot more special and needs the time that it deserves to uh be perfected so um it went from 
being shot in a week and then being put out six months later mm. because it was being worked on. Isaac did the score for those films as well and uh, killed it. But um, yeah, Barry is uh, a very special one too. We yeah, Barry, it, uh, not Bert. Earlier. Sorry, my bad. Not not Bert the puppet. Uh, I thought your mic cut out or something. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bear. I said I know Bert, what you're talking but about. yeah, Barry the yeah. puppet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the only one I've gotten wrong, though, I believe. So that's uh Bert is see? also a puppet. So you're yeah, that's what I was thinking. Dude. I was <laughs> like, I was like, where's Ernie in this bitch? Um yeah. all right, dude. Before we close out here, Levi, I asked you to yeah. think of your four favorite movies of all time. Uh yeah. I will give you mine first since you are the movie okay. expert. Uh, and I'll do my layman's stupid mount rushmore first so my first movie is i believe and these aren't like the greatest movies of all time these are just like movies that mean the most to us they might be great movies yada yada um the first one and this is this is i think one of the best movies made of all time is Mm. uh there will be blood Mm. daniel day lewis classic very slow movie uh, yeah. but some of the best performances and lines I feel like of all time are in that movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, number two, my favorite movie of all time, Big Daddy. Oh shit! There Adam Sandler, classic. I love Big Daddy. Uh, yeah. Dylan and Cole Sprouse, right? Yeah. Original. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I think that movie has such a special place in my heart. Um, also because I grew up without my father for the most part. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. so to like think of like yeah. Sonny coming in and taking and like like you know protecting me. Uh yeah, dude. Definitely. Uh, number three is my dad's favorite movie, actually, funny enough. Um, one of the mm-hmm. few things I really enjoyed about remember hanging out with my dad, Stand by Me. Mm. You know this movie Love from like it. the 70s? Yeah, oh, classic. Yeah. yeah. In the in the area with Sandlot and the Goonies. Um, mm-hmm. and then my last one, I've been, dude, I was thinking hard about this one because I love a lot <laughs> of tough. movies. Uh, yeah. I was thinking us, I was thinking Benchwarmers. Um, mm-hmm. I love both, love both those movies. I was thinking radio. I love radio. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go with three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. There you go. That's yeah. a great one. To me, that's top beautiful, four. beautiful film. I Martin McDonough, man. Martin McDonough yeah. is a genius. Yeah, great, yeah. great writer. Doesn't right. miss. Does yeah. not miss, dude. Not on Broadway, not not on the big screen. Those are very, I mean, that's that's a pretty good spectrum of uh, very different films from each other. I love it. Those are great. Thanks, man. Thank you. Big Daddy is, is definitely one of my favorites because of the uh, just balance between Adam Sandler yelling comedy and actual heart. I remember crying during mm. that film. Yeah, dude. Yeah, at the court crying. scene. <laughs> yeah, the court scene and also even the line, I wiped my own ass. Yeah. That made me cry. <laughs> he made you cry. He's being taken away. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah, dude. Adam Sandler. 90s Adam Sandler. Yeah, back okay. before it went downhill, man. He went downhill, and then he made Uncut Gems. Yeah. And it's like, all right, Adam Sandler, you've been doing better now, but... He's coming back, yeah. Pixels yeah, was man. not it, dude. Pixels was not no, it. No, 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 <laughs> I, I won't even give that one the time of day. <laughs> all right, hit me with it. This is tough, dude. I mean, so I, I've... First of all, okay, let me tell you this. I have rated movies and shows, but mostly movies, 1,293 titles on imdb my wife did the calculations the other night of how many hours that is and i i can't even remember but it made me kind of sit back and be like huh i need to maybe go like do something more productive with my life but at the same time I'm, i'm like you know no that was all for you know it, it was studying and it's it study was, man uh, yeah yeah it's helping me kind of grow as a filmmaker and, and watch films differently. But yeah, you know, a lot of hours. <laughs> I don't regret it. Um, my first one would be Prisoners with Hugh okay. Jackman. Okay. And Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm going to write these down. That, I, don't, I don't even know that movie. Yeah. That is kind of one that flew under the radar. It's a crime thriller, um, very heavy subject matter uh, about a 
a case where there's a, a kidnapping and it's uh it's very dark but it's beautifully made um and uh kind of depressing but very very well done some of the best performances you'll ever see all right let's see it's tough peanut butter falcon oh uh, god that will be <laughs> so good dude that was my favorite of 2019 right next to uh once upon a time in hollywood that was a tough call but uh that one was i i've never smiled so much in a movie just of pure joy and like it just felt like nothing was being made like that anymore where you're just feeling straight like just love <laughs> and and uh there needs to be more really happy, like feel good movies like that. I think so. There needs to be um, more movies about pro wrestling, bro, with like a pro wrestling that character that bottom just loves line. it. Yeah, bottom line, and also I took a yeah. girl with a date to that movie. Didn't even think yeah. about making a move. Didn't even think about it, dude. The movie's too good. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> smart, smart. Um, let's see. I'm I'm looking at all my tens. Rated 10 out of 10. I just thought you were uh, looking at a list of, of 1,291 movies now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I am. I am. <clears throat> okay. Okay. No Country for Old Men. Classic. Brothers. You know, what's funny is uh, that was shot simultaneously with There Will Be Blood on the wow. same property. So if you look closely in No Country for Old Men, you can see a plume of smoke in the background because they had just exploded something on the pt anderson set holy yeah. shit it's it's crazy 2007 best two films ever made just at right the same next time to each other it's wow. crazy yeah yeah we'll uh we'll trivia for you and then i gotta go i gotta go drive with ryan gosling mm. that's uh that's one of my favorite uh another kind of crime thriller but that was one of the first films first like rated r films i had seen again i was raised in a house where i could not watch um, anything rated r and uh i had snuck off and watched this with uh my girlfriend at the time and it was i mean so polarizing with like the violence this like hyper violent uh like head smashing and stuff and and neon colors and super dramatic like silent ryan gosling and uh the score dude it's got to be one of my favorite like film soundtracks ever so um that one's always been really important to me sweet man so that'll be uh, my top four <laughs> well thank you i appreciate that that you introduced me to two yeah. new movies i never even heard about so i mean i've mm. heard of drive i just have i've never even like seen anything about it um yeah yeah sick man i mean do you have anything else you want to say anything else you want to shout out anybody you want to give us your your socials your your address your social security number what do you anything else you want to say <laughs> for sure for sure um the plunge is my 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 proudest accomplishment so far with with making a film and uh it's it's coming very soon it's done it's uh been privately shown to the cast and crew um and got a chance to see it yeah it's a, a 23 minute kind of jam-packed film um and we're we're trying to show it at the village cinema in meridian here pretty soon um sick yeah real proud of it and then uh yeah you can follow me at surefire productions on uh instagram you can see my video work there i do lots of small business kind of uh promotional videos currently and i'm i'm trying to just uh build that pro portfolio right now and uh continue doing what i love with holding my camera and telling stories so beautiful man beautiful man uh well levi thanks so much for doing it bro appreciate you it's great to see you uh, everybody else keep burning What the hell are you saying?
if you do give them grants out yeah. like Ulysses you gonna miss this if you ain't clean I'ma wash you like some dishes my face delicious you is suspicious your girls are my bitches but they are my missus Ooh, and they used to be yours but you brought that girl in and your letters were born Whoa. and Eliza didn't like it as much as Hamilton Whoa. and you wanted to pour but she cut you from